This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, October 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. New questions about H-2A wages. Ag groups urged to fight EV mandates. And never been a better time for dairy farming. By the way, join us at noon Wednesday, November 4th for a webinar with longtime lobbyist Randy Russell and National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue to discuss the results of the election, the role that rural voters played in the outcome, and the potential impact on farm policy. AgriPulse Executive Editor Philip Brasher and Managing Editor Spencer Chase will host the discussion. You can register at agripulse.com. USDA ordered to restore wage survey. There are new questions about what farmers will have to pay for and workers next year under the H-2A program. A federal judge's ruling has barred USDA from suspending its annual farm wage survey that is used to calculate H-2A wage rates. USDA did not immediately respond yesterday when asked whether the government planned to appeal U.S. District Judge Dale Drost's order. Drost called the decision to kill the survey cursory and conclusory. Without the USDA survey, farm labor groups fear growers will be able to cut H-2A wages in 2021. Now keep in mind, the Labor Department, which administers the H-2A program, has proposed major changes that could be finalized in the next month or so. The final rule is now under review at the Office of Management and Budget. The DOL rule and any significant changes to the H-2A wage rules are likely to be challenged in court. You can read our report on the ruling at agripulse.com. Ag wins pre-election regulatory relief. In a pair of major actions, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has delisted the gray wolf and EPA has eased requirements for pesticide application exclusion zones those areas where people are not supposed to be when pesticides are sprayed. Instead of a 100-foot exclusion zone for ground sprays containing fine droplets, EPA has decided on a 25-foot zone for all ground sprays and 100 feet for aerial applications. The agency also is allowing farm owners and family members to stay in their homes while applications are taking place. The National Association of State Departments of Agriculture said the rule provides needed clarity for farmers. Meanwhile, environmental groups are vowing legal challenges to the USFWS to remove the gray wolf from the endangered species list nearly next year. Those groups say FWS failed to adequately consider the status of wolves in states such as Oregon, Washington, and California, where numbers are much lower than the Great Lakes and some of the Rocky Mountain states. Ag groups welcomed the delisting. Washington Farm Bureau President Mike LaPlante said it's time to end the federal-state split management of wolves in Washington and allow our state wildlife managers to manage wolves in conjunction with all other species. Grassley urges ag groups to drive out EV bill. Ahead of the election, Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley is calling on farm organizations to push back against a new Senate bill that would ban gas-powered cars after 2035 in favor of electric vehicles. 
It's really an extreme government overreach that would strip away consumer choice and freedom while destroying opportunities for rural Americans, Grassley told reporters. Grassley pointed to a University of Tennessee study commissioned by the Agricultural Retailers Association that says net farm income would drop as much as $27 billion under an all-electric vehicle mandate. Keep in mind, Joe Biden isn't proposing to mandate electric vehicles, but he does want motorists to shift to them. He wants to fund the installation of 500,000 charging stations nationwide. Peterson, great time to start a dairy farm. House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson says it's the ideal time to start a dairy farm thanks to the combination of federal support programs and the availability of facilities. Heifers are cheap. There are barns setting empty. They can get into this without having to buy land, buy barns, even buy cows. They can lease them. There's never been a better time to get into dairy, he said. By the way, Peterson reiterated his concern about the massive amount of deficit spending being used to bail out the economy and assist farmers this year. He said, quote, this is all borrowed money. Someday we're going to have to pay this back. I'm worried this is going to come back to haunt us, he said. U.S. hopes for regional bans in event of ASF outbreak. U.S. pork producers will be hit hard in the event of an African swine fever outbreak, but there is an effort to soften the blow by, quote, establishing areas free of disease that foreign countries will hopefully import from, says Jan Archer, owner of Archer Farms in Goldsboro, North Carolina. She's talking about the National Pork Board's AgView system that tracks animal health certificate data, but stresses it will only be effective if enough producers sign up. She said, when we first get this disease, everything will shut down, and we know that. But this is a way we can hopefully open back up, she said during the webinar, how pork exports can save your bacon, hosted by AgriPulse yesterday. Mexico shows strong demand for corn and pork. Mexican buyers purchased about 1.4 million metric tons of U.S. corn, according to USDA's daily report yesterday, representing a continuation of strong demand from importers south of the border. More than half a million tons of those purchases are for delivery in the 2021-22 market a year, whereas about 892,000 tons is for 2020-21. Mexico purchased 496,800 tons of U.S. corn for the current marketing year in the week period of October 16 to 22nd. That according to USDA's latest trade data, which was also released yesterday. Mexico's fiscal imports of U.S. corn for the same week totaled 253,200 tons. But Mexico is also buying a lot of U.S. pork. The country is the number one importer for the third week in October, buying 8,400 tons and importing 11,000 tons. Here's today's He Said It. Maybe they're afraid of the alternative. That House Ag Committee Chairman Colin Peterson when asked why IDFA and the farm groups are supporting his re-election race. Peterson is being challenged in his heavily Republican district by former Lieutenant Governor Michelle Fishbach. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, October 30th. 
Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.